Amazing. Morning, everyone. Thanks for coming in and skipping the football to come and worship today. I'm afraid it is me again, I'm afraid, doing worship and preaching. I was surprised I didn't get me to do the announcements, too, and just have a full house. But um, there we go. So as, as Cameron said, my name is Matt, uh, and I help lead the amazing uh, youth here. Such a privilege. And I thought what we could do in true youth fashion is start with a game. Is that all right? Awesome. If you're a young person in here, you know what's coming because I do this most weeks. Uh, but this game is called Red or Black. I basically, I have a card here. And the idea of this game is you have to guess what the card is. Okay, So if you have like some prophetic gifting, feel free to start to use that now. Um, but we're going to break it down into three rounds. So the first round, you have to guess the color. So if it's red, a red card or a black card. And then we're going to guess the suit and then the number. Sound good? And there is a prize for the winner as well. So, I have the card here. So if you think it is a red card, could you please stand up? If you think it's a black card, stay sat down for me. Got five seconds to lock in your answers. Red card, stand up. Black card, stay sat down. Okay, locking in in three, two, one. It is a black card, I'm afraid. So if you were sitting down, please stand up. If you said it was a black card, stand up. I've realized I've only got one prize, so we might have more than one winner, but that's okay. Okay, so we know it's a black card. So now you have to guess what the suit is, okay? So if you think it's a club, point to like the badge on your shirt for like a club. If you think it's a spade, get a spade out, pretend to spade something. Okay, lock in your answers. Club, point to the badge, spade, get your spade out. Three, two, one. I don't want to see no cheating, okay? Let's see what we got. It is a club. So if you said club, stay standing. If you said spade, sit down. Wow, there's a lot of you still in. There's going to be more than one winner. The prize is a bag of Maltesers, so you can always share out with the winners, okay? All right. So last round, so now it's just numbers. So put on your hand what you think the number is. Um, if, is there anyone called Jack in here? Anyone called Jack? Anyone called Jack? Anyone's middle name Jack? No, okay. Luke, do you want to stand up? You're going to be Jack. So if you think it's a Jack, point, point at Luke. If you think it's a king, do a crown. If you think it's a queen, do a little curtsy. And all the rest, just do the numbers on your hand, what you think it might be. Okay. Lock in your answers. Five, four, three, two, one. Let me see if we got any winners. Okay, we might have a winner. Can definitely see one winner. All right. It is the nine of clubs. Anyone say nine? We got two winners here. Anyone else? You two are winners. Amazing. Owen, do you want to give them the bag of Maltesers so you guys can share? Well done, guys. Well done. Good stuff. Most weeks now in youth, when I say we're going to play that, you just hear all the young people go, oh, not again. But then they love it. Once they're in it, they love it. All right, awesome. So this morning is going to be a little bit different. Recently, we've been going through my favorite scripture is, but I thought this morning I'd just love to share my story uh, with the Bible and what that's looked like um, because I had an encounter a couple of years ago that just changed, changed everything for me when it came to reading the Word. So 
I hope it's going to be helpful and encouraging for you today. Um, but before, why don't, if you've got a Bible, do you want to turn to Nehemiah chapter 8? We're going to start there. Nehemiah chapter 8. We're going to read verses 1 to 6. It's going to come up on the screen as well if you don't have a Bible. <clears throat> so it says, Nehemiah 8. When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon. As he faced the square before the water gate, in the presence of the men and women and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him on his right stood a bunch of names I'm not going to try to pronounce. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. They bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Now, I don't know what your story or your history is like with the Bible. Um, for me, growing up, I grew up in a, a Christian house and in church. I think we've got a picture of me, actually, as a, as a young boy. There I am. Can you guess which one I am? I'm the cute one on the cute one on the right, the little blondie. That's me and my two brothers. Um, so I grew up in church, and I actually found the Bible super boring, and I found it frustrating to read. I couldn't understand it. Uh, firstly, it's like this big, right? It's massive, especially my little study Bible. It's huge, so it's quite daunting. Plus, I was never a reader. My mum's here; she can vouch for me on that. I never liked to read books; stayed away from them. Uh, and so, even in settings like this, when everyone would read the Bible, I'd go, oh, really? Oh, and I'd switch off, uh, and I just couldn't understand it um, until three years ago. So, fairly recently, during lockdown, um, I was kind of thinking about my faith and my walk with Jesus, and I wanted to kind of go deeper with him. I felt like there was something missing. I felt like I'd become a consumer of church. Um, and suddenly, I remember praying about it, and I just had this revelation from God, this encounter with him. And I just realized, like, everything in the Bible, in the Word of God, is the foundation of our faith. It's where we find out who God is, what he's like, what he loves, what he hates. We find out what he's done for us, what it means for us. We find out what it looks like to live for Jesus. And so I just began reading it from that kind of mindset and that state of mind, um, and it was like my eyes had suddenly been opened to the power of the word. Uh, and so I began reading it. I began reading it every day, just little bits here and there. Um, and I did a Bible in a year, which is where you go from the, the start of the Bible to the end in a whole year. You read a couple chapters each day. And that year was the year I never heard God's voice more in that year than I had the previous 24 years of my life. Because I was reading his word. And he speaks to us through his word. And the only way I can kind of describe it is um, I've got a niece who's just over a year, a year old. And I remember when she was six months old, I was playing with her. We had all her toys out. 
And then so her dad was in the kitchen in the next room, and he started to talk, um, just talking to his wife. And, and then my niece stopped playing and crawled into the kitchen. First of all, I was like, hang on, we're playing. Where are you going? And, but what I noticed was even from a young age, babies know the sound of their father's voice. They recognize it, and they're drawn to it. And it's just like that. When we read the word of God, it's like everything within us is just like, that's my father's voice. That's my creator. It's ingrained in us to know God's voice. Uh, and as I would read it, I would just say, Holy Spirit, speak to me through your word. And he would just begin to reveal stuff. He would change me. He would convict me of sin. I started hearing his voice. He began to put his dreams inside of me. Uh, and when I became anxious, I would speak scriptures that I'd memorized, and he'd give me peace. Because it's not just any book. It is alive, and it is active. And so here we have the people in the book of Nehemiah. They're hungry for the word of God. They're like, give us, give us the word, Ezra. Teach us the word. He read it from morning till noon, which is like four to six hours. So I'm glad we're not doing that today. Um, but they were hungry for it. And it was the law. It was, a lot of it was rules and regulations, not even the gospel. But they wanted the word of God. And I want to ask you to notice their response. What was their response? It says that they responded. People lifted their hands. They shouted, Amen. They bowed down and worshipped with their faces to the ground. Later on in the chapter, it says that they began to shout for joy or they began to weep over their sin. And I want to ask the question, what does worship look like today? Why don't people just shout out some answers? We did it this morning. When we sing, what, how do we respond when we worship? What, what sort of things do we do? Shout out some answers. Uplifting, yeah. We sing, yeah. We kneel down, yeah, awesome. What others? Close our eyes, yeah, lift our hands, yeah. All amazing and biblically right to do. But I want to ask the question, what if the pure word of God caused us to respond in this way? Caused us to respond in worship to our maker? We live in a world where so many things are competing for our time, for our attention, for our worship. What if it was the word of God that got our full attention? And it's not about a religious practice, but it's about a relationship with him, knowing him more. Last year, I um, damaged my voice and I couldn't sing, couldn't really talk very much without pain or having to cough. Um, and one of the ways I love to worship is through playing guitar and singing at home, but I just couldn't do that. But one of the ways God taught me to worship was through the scriptures. He began to teach me to um, praise him through what I just read. So I begin, I'd read the Psalms and it would talk about who God is and what he's like and I'd just thank him for those things. Or I'd read about the throne room of God and I'd just I'd spend time just being in awe at who God is, that he is the lamb on the throne. Because often when we come into worship, it can be so easy to be distracted or um, caught up with our own lives and it becomes about ourselves, um, which is so easy to do. And I often do that. But we can forget about who we come before. We come before the great God, the one who created the heavens and the earth, the one who put the stars in the sky, the one who is full of grace and mercy and boundless love. This is our God who we come and worship before. And so the Bible helps direct our praise. It helps direct our praise to who we're worshiping. That we're not worshiping a false God, but the one true living God. And it also helps us to pray or worship from, rather from a place of fear, but a place of faith. 
Because we know who he is, what the Bible says that he is. Jeremy Riddle says that theology is for doxology, which basically means the Bible is for worship, is for praise, is for glorifying him, it is to know him more, it is to worship him. It's not to be puffed up with knowledge, but it is to glorify him. And so, if it's all right with you, that's what I'd love us to do today. In a minute, I've got some friends who are going to come and read um, a couple of chapters. We're going to read Revelation chapter 4 and chapter 5, which is about a guy called John who's having this vision of heaven and the throne room and what it looks like. And I want to encourage you just to allow worship to rise up out of you, just like the people in Nehemiah who responded, amen, they, they knelt down, they, they shouted for joy. I want to encourage you, however the Spirit leads you to worship, maybe you want to, maybe you want to raise your hands and shout amen. Maybe you want to join me at the front and get on your knees. Maybe you want to just sit there and contemplate the wonders of God. Or maybe you're like me and you struggle with the Bible, you don't get it. Maybe you just want to sit there and just ask, Holy Spirit, would you open my eyes to your word? However, however the Spirit leads you to worship, we're just going to spend just a couple of minutes allowing the word of God to bring worship out of us, allowing him to speak to us through his word. And then we're just going to talk about it afterwards and we're going to take communion together. But why don't you just pray with me just before these guys come up. Just say, Holy Spirit, speak to me through your word. Amen. After this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me, like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald and circled the throne. Surrounding the throne were twenty-four other thrones, and seated on them were twenty-four elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in the front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in the front and in the back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second was like an ox, and the third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sit on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Revelation 5. The scroll and the lamb. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with the writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, 
who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll. But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the Ruth of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and elders, the lamb and the seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne, and when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. Amen. 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 Amazing, amazing scripture, just the throne room. We're going to just move into a time just... Maybe in threes or fours, people around you. Why don't you just have a conversation? What stood out to you from those scriptures? Did God reveal anything to you? If you've got questions, feel free to ask each other. Um, why don't we just spend a bit of time doing that and then feel free to pray for one another. Uh, and then we're just going to come back and take communion together. Um, but yeah, why don't we spend a couple of minutes getting threes or fours around you?